Welcome back to the Cock and Ball Podcast, where we look at all things Spurs and the time it takes you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at cockandball underscore pod, or you can email us cockandballpod at gmail.com. Uh, we've had snow this week, lily white snow. Uh, it lightened up all of our moods, just briefly enough to distract from the misery of supporting Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, so, on that note, joining me tonight is a man who brings this podcast downhill faster than Boris Johnson on a £350 million British built super sledge. It's Ash. I think that's the most offensive thing you've said so far about me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It only took 22 episodes. Uh, so, we're building. Anyway, alongside him tonight is uh, our resident snowflake. Cold, white and a privileged sight, it's Jules. Salut, fin ça va? Comme si, comme ça. And finally, it's our very own cock and ball gritter, keeping us safely on the Tottenham High Road because he's so salty for in the sake in the stop balls manager, it's Jim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just putting more wood to the flames. We're recording off the back of our uh, FA Cup action. Uh, just had a trip up to Junction 4 of the M40, one of my favourite motorways. So we've just come off the back of a 4-1 FA Cup win uh, up at Wickham. Ten changes going into the game. Nearly everyone on that pitch had a point to prove to Jose, really. Uh, do you reckon they made a statement, Jules? Yeah, I think most of them did. Uh, particularly Harry Winks in that kind of continual battle to show show Jose he can, he can hack it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a good performance in the end, even if we needed to, to bring on the big guns and they showed their class, uh, I think, over the last half an hour. Yeah, I don't think anybody played particularly badly. Uh, I disagree about Winks. I think he drove forward well, but then he shut the bed whenever he had to make a forward pass. He was man <laughs> in a match. because <laughs> <laughs> he scored the second goal. But yeah, I mean, bailed as much has been said, but... He, he, he might have let the finishing touch at the end, but he was taking on his man, which isn't something we've seen before. Sanchez looked a bit more composed throughout the majority of that game. It was it was a solid performance by everybody. Yeah, touching on Bale, I thought he, he actually got better as the game went on. It was great to see him get 90 minutes. He really needed that. Just uh, We've been talking about, um, I think Jim said it the other week, about he needs match sharpness to be able to get more minutes. But he can't get that because he's not getting the minutes. And it was, it was almost like you could see the rust flaking off him as he, the game progressed. That The more he ran, the more he took someone on, the more he was releasing the shackles. And we were starting to see it's glimpses of, of the man we remember. Uh, I thought there was quite a few other positives to take from that second half in particular. But obviously I'm a little bit concerned that the men we had in the first half weren't really up to the job. Yeah, I think um, there's a few out there who will be a bit disappointed. Vinicius came off without really having done much in sort of 65 minutes. Um, Lamella sort of huffed and puffed a little bit, but couldn't oh, quite. I'm tired <laughs> of that man. I, he, I know you do. He, he was playing at 10, wasn't he? And yeah. I didn't think it would be possible for a man to play in that position and actually be a hindrance. And he, <laughs> and he was. But you look at that front four and I thought, it sounds good on paper. <laughs> he was the blind leading the blind in that front four. It's like letting your dog rewire the electrics in your house. He's just completely out of his depth. <laughs> I think he'd look good in the um, Premier League dustbin that is Serie A. And I, I can say that because I'm Italian, so it's not offensive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's just, I don't know, taking his toe on injuries. He's, how slow did he look whenever he actually tried to run forward? If and he was then, a dog, he'd have him put down. Yeah, Absolutely. 
there's a there's a few players that I, I i wouldn't mind at some point giving that treatment to um but i don't know i think i think i think the harshest uh sort of comparison comparison you can make to lamella um is how good did tongi look when he came on in that position yeah he absolutely lit up the game in about 15 minutes showed amazing feet uh what a pass which leads to our our second goal which is ultimately the decisive one um, and then he scores, you know, goals three and four. So that's that's that just shows the standard that Lamella would need to play at to be in this team. Well, speaking about the goals, do we, should we take on Wickham's goal first, Jim? Do you want to let us know what you think went wrong in the defending with that one? Um, no, because I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them all apart from that one. <laughs> Set them up to knock them down, Jim. Uh, well, where we went wrong, we we considered a goal and we shouldn't have done, really. Um, that, that's my cutting edge insight. But uh, in reality, I think Toby gets turned a bit too easily and then and that allows the ball to come across the box. Where did the midfield have gone? I don't know. Winks and Suzoko should probably be around to cover. That's where we miss Hoybier. That's why it was so great to have him come on later. But I think for me, I, I know we had the group chat going and Jules put the blame quite firmly on Sanchez, as he quite often does. I think Sanchez has done enough. He's flicked to the ball into the path of the oncoming Yeah, but it's not FIFA. You don't just press circle and right, automatic clearance to the halfway line. No, He's done enough to to get on it. But the the point I want to make is that regardless of whether Sanchez makes a good enough connection on on the clearance, the connection isn't good enough, but I don't think it should still be calamitous. Tanganga is there behind him to cover up something. I don't know what why he's in the space he was. I don't know. The danger, clearly, is the man coming in at the far post and why he's not seen that and tried to address that. He's just stood in line with Sanchez, which in that situation, you should be reading it better. And I think standing in a position better to just look at the threat and tackle that. To be fair, he's a centre-back, a young centre-back covering that right-back, isn't he? So yeah. it's going to take a lot of getting used to in terms of the positioning and picking up the man. Uh, he was bit left a bit exposed by Bale, who was sort of way up the pitch, but that's fair enough. I'd rather Bale be up the pitch than defending. So I, I do think that it was the the midfielders that should have been closer to Bay to to protect the back wall. And I just they weren't even in the picture. I don't even know where they were. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my my irritation comes from the fact that as a centre mid, I'd be fuming if my centre backs blamed me when one of them like had the chance to kick the ball away and just didn't it's a bit like when a referee gives like a dodgy corner decision and then they go and score from the corner you still got to defend you still got yeah, to yeah. Re- mm. i should <laughs> expect us to defend that the situation that sanchez put us in even though he didn't directly yes, put us into that position jim what did <laughs> jim. you think of how the game then progressed i thought it was you know all in all uh it was fine 4-1 at the end kind of looks, on one hand, a little bit like it flatters Spurs. And on another hand, it doesn't at all. Because if you look at the balance of play, the chances created, the number of chances missed, and generally decent performance from a not-full-string side, really, it was all right. There's nothing to be majorly concerned about. Um, going to go behind to a championship team is not the worst thing in the world. Got back into the game at a perfect time. Like the, if you're trailing against somebody, you shouldn't be losing against. The absolute best time to score is just before half time. So that was nice. 
Uh, and then I, I just thought, to be honest, uh, struggling for anything insightful to say, really, because it was just okay. And You're then doing... in the last five minutes, it was, you know, job done. It's been better than the commentators did because you put the message in the group about every time there's an FA Cup game, the commentators sort of lavish praise onto the opposition no matter what they were. Yeah. Was it Adam I don't know who it was, mate. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. And he was like, oh, Wickham are doing brilliantly. They're 1-0 up against Spurs. And you're like, yeah, mate, they're in the championship. What, What I will say to you, Jim, I don't know if this is a fair thing or not, is this is that our last game against kind of opposition you sh- you can afford to rotate your squad against? Because next we have Everton in the cup. Yeah, I think so. Um, the f- how, I always forget how many rounds there are, but is there one more round and then it's the quarterfinals? Yeah. So you're at the point, uh, particularly with Liverpool having gone out and Arsenal having gone out, where you can start identifying it as a cup that's winnable. Uh, so. It does feel like, yeah, it's the last point where you rotate. Although, I guess it does depend. Everton could could look at it as well and think, well, we want to finish sixth or seventh, not that bothered about the FA Cup. So they could play a couple of their second string and then there's a bit of scope there. But you would expect to see from now a bit more of a standard Premier League-esque starting eleven. But uh, just to completely con- contradict myself, you would you... Put Bale back in again, probably, because he was he was all I right. You, I think you probably keep players like Bale in, but I'm thinking this is where you start. I don't know. You're not going to see the Hoy- Jack Clarks, are you? Let's be no. honest. Like this is probably where you start. I don't know Hoiberg comes back in again in that in that engine yeah. room. Tongi and Dombele. We did get drawn against the lowest team, lowest ranked team in the Europa League, so there's still. I still expect to see one of the rotations. Hopefully not Joe Hart because they might actually have a shot on target, which <laughs> scares me. But he no, made yeah. two saves in a row today. He good saves as well. To be fair, yeah. To him. I mean, the, the year definitely ends in one of that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's got to build my trust up. It's a bit like when your partner cheats <laughs> back four times and then comes back for the fifth, and you're like, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, <manager>. so. <laughs> Do you need to see a counsellor? <laughs> <laughs> no, he dealt with that years ago. Yeah. Yeah, back back to the game. We mentioned that he the commentating, and to be fair, despite what they said, Tottenham pretty much had control of the game despite they having maybe one or two shots. But watching Wickham play, their kit really reminded me of my school rugby team. And to, so did the football. I'm not gonna lie. It was just <laughs> they had a brute up front who was who was a handful. I'm not sure what took the referee so long to start giving fouls, but they we we turned up and we played the way we should have done. We we would have been a route if we could actually score in the first half. It was hilarious when um is it is Piaz no Ick Piaz <laughs> he got substituted off and you think oh thank God Akinfenwa <laughs> oh fucking hell I felt sorry for Alderweire by the end of it because he'd just been absolutely pummeled he must have felt like uh, McGregor at the end of that fight just lying there on the floor after the game thinking oh, I don't I don't want to do this again speaking of their uh, their kit I know we've uh, devoted an entire pod to kits before that is, I just thought it was really nice with the exception of the keeper's kit that looks like it's made out of recycled mid two thousands PowerPoint presentations. That's why I loved it. It was <laughs> it horrendous. Looked like, it looked like, like they run out of looks like they run out of the material that they used to make the Man City's third kit. <laughs> Just <laughs> stuck together what they had. 
just offcuts. I mean, their manufacturer is uh, O'Neill's, who I didn't realise made football shirts. I'm pretty sure they they literally only do Gaelic sports. Yeah, GAA stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that they were making football shirts, and it's clear why now. <laughs> I also enjoyed um, speaking of just while we we're on Wickham, uh, Gareth Ainsworth on the touchline. We mentioned last week about him being a great character, but he looked like a combination between uh, backing singer in Black Sabbath and one of those middle-class mums in the playground that just stood there staring at everyone, judging them. But as the, as the game went on, he just looked more and more sad and by full time. He looked like he was genuinely going to cry, and I felt a little bit sorry for him. It was well, like a, a meatloaf oh, performance, isn't it? What, what does this say about Jose if, if Ed Byrne could take a day off from the, not the week to give us a game with the word? <laughs> That said, we did need the cavalry in the second half to, to turn things around. Obviously, Bale got us back into the game. With the amount of chances he'd had, like, like Jim was sort of referring to, we, we kind of did deserve to still be in it. Um, Tangi and Dombele. That's it. That's Baller. the podcast. But I every time I see him get the ball, <laughs> I have to lean forward a bit and get, get a little bit jittery, you know. It's like first date nerves. <laughs> as soon as Tongi comes on he's just different gravy he's just amazing gives us so much cutting edge and, and ability um, and I, I, I said it to you guys on the group chat I think he's probably the most talented player we've had since Modric I just think his raw kind of skill with the ball is puts him right up there Steve Sidwell who was on a co-commentary called Tongi's uh, the finish for his first goal a cultured finish what the, what the fuck does that mean? Like, can anyone actually tell me what a cultured finish is? It tastes to dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> is that where they pour you a little bit of wine and you smell it and go, yes, I love the bottle. <laughs> but with goals. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it means. But he, um, it was fantastic, wasn't it? To see the feet he's got, the dancing feet are amazing. And just to make the space out of nothing, and like the commentator said, you think he's going to go across the goal and he just whips it in the near post. Keeper doesn't even know what's going on. It's a thing of beauty. So it's still all quiet on the transfer front. However, there's been a, a noticeable outgoing transfer after we sold a pitch from our training ground uh, to provide a new turf at Ellen Road, mulching on together. Uh, it's a noble <laughs> act of money-making by Daniel Evely, uh, which got us thinking, are there any creative ways that we can make a bit more cash for the club? Jim, have you had any thoughts? Uh, right, my big huh? idea was using the, uh, never mind selling the pitch, use it as green space. Uh, in these pandemic times, everybody has a dog. Everybody wants to walk the dog. Uh, the dog can cultivate the pitch with its fertiliser and uh, it opens the door for all kinds of jokes when Spurs don't perform. Uh, so I think that's a win-win. And also, you know the, um, the club from Seoul? That, uh, that got in trouble for using uh, sex dolls for its uh, fake crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, introduce a few of those, sell them on. There's a captive market. Well, I had a little sort of think in, in light of our, our uh, club crest. I was thinking that perhaps we should get into the chicken farm business. Because um, <laughs> if we did that, surely... Harry Kane would be Mr. Tweedy. Jose would be Miss, Mrs. Tweedy. Deli Ali is definitely Ginger leading the revolt. And at the end of the day, we'll still somehow come out with apple pie. 
So I, I, think it's, I think it's quite a nice, quite a nice little move. And I don't know if you guys saw the most random piece of trivia. Did you know Mike Mike Dean wanted a job where he had to kill 140,000 chickens a day working in a chicken farm? <laughs> we can repurpose a Premier League ref on his off on his off days. That's what that's you know that's efficiency right there. He'd be calling a few fouls then, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> Ash, please save us. There must be an actually good money-making idea. Have you? Well, Jose is known for trying to sort of one-up his rivals. Like every time, every every few months, we'll plant a few extra seats for the stadium just to make sure we're that big, a bit bigger than than Arsenal. But have you seen the? Have you seen the pictures for the Fulham ground or the new the new stand that they're trying to build? And obviously, got the rooftop pool in there. Yeah. So I say. <laughs> We one-up them and we go full-on Lido. Like, I'm talking, we go to a lot. That is bound to get a lot of people in. But what wow. about the nuke farm? <laughs> well, the, only, the only problem we'd have is that the Manchester United players will keep turning up to take their diving lessons. Ooh. Oh. Satire. There it is. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Fent? Did you have any ideas? Grass. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Do you have a week? <laughs> Exactly. So you know how I watched this Richard Hammond documentary where he he, he did one on uh, the football ground. It's about mega structures, and they showed him the, the folding pitch and how the grass pitch will fold away and it will go into the underground car park. And in the roof, there are loads of heat lamps and UV lamps to help the grass grow when it's underground in the car park. Hmm. Now, <laughs> that would make an excellent cannabis farm. You could you could use drive through drugs. It's in a car park. <laughs> it, it could be a good investment if if marijuana gets legalised. We don't do drugs, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> stay like at home. I, say, I think is what you, is what you're trying yeah. to say. Well, yeah, we should all stay at home, and it does come with the caveat that uh, cannabis is a controlled substance, a class B substance, so uh, it should not be possessed, especially with intensive supply. Quite a few public service announcements that need making in this pod, and that is one of them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think it is a bit ironic, though, for the for the club to be selling that amount of pitch, which was supposed to be being grown for the for our stadium uh, for use in the summer. We've been named the greenest club in the Premier League uh, recently, uh, and even though we've just torn up a load of shrubbery for profit, we've still managed to maintain ourselves as the greenest club. It's uh, well, there's something fishy about that. And speaking of which, um, <laughs> our last episode was very fish-themed and we struggled to come up with a, uh, a Fish Spurs 11. Halibut Jim has been working on something, I understand. So I present to you Totten Hammerhead Hotspur. <laughs> no. It's a bad start. 4-3-3, lads. It's back in fashion. So All right. goal- goalkeeper Alfie White-Bateman. Uh, <laughs> Defence, it doesn't get any better. Steve Perryman of Warfish. <laughs> <laughs> Ledley Kingfish. Billfish Nicholson. <laughs> and Danny Roach. Oh, no. <laughs> Midfield of Alan Mulletry. Gutty Dickinson. <laughs> and Paulini Ocean Perch. <laughs> And your title-winning front three, Raphael van der Karp, Dimitar <laughs> Barbatov, and Robbie Bream. <laughs> Playing at White Shark Lane, 
managed by Marlin Yol, uh, <laughs> Pike Dean refereeing all your games. Raphael van der Kaart has got to be my favourite there. I don't know about you. That was magical. The that's the best worst thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and if anyone can actually do better than that, please let us know. Anyway, marching on. Liverpool on Thursday. Uh, been well documented because no one will stop talking about it. They're out of form. Uh, and importantly, lost their last two games. Burnley shot them at Anfield and United knocked them out of the cup at the weekend. Uh, in what is arguably football's dullest rivalry. Controversial. Um, <laughs> but we're Tottenham Ash. And history tells us not to be confident in these situations. Yeah, I'm not confident at all. They're going to come and absolutely destroy us. They, <laughs> they had struggle scoring, didn't they? And then they sort of put two past United in their in their loss. And I just I can see them coming in, just the floodgates opening. We we might be able to get at their defence if we string a few quick passes through their midfield and maybe nick a goal or two, but it's, it's not going to be fun to watch at all. I've, I've just bitten off my nails watching the Wiccan games. I don't know what I'll be buying come the Liverpool game. You'll be down to stumps by Friday. I'm not feeling quite so negative um, for two main reasons. The first is that the last time we played them, I think we actually, it was a pretty close game. Um, you know, 2-1, they got that win in the last minute, but it wasn't, you know, I, th- I think on chances created, we actually did pretty well in some respects. Um, the other and bit of trivia for you, um, who are the last two uh, Premier League managers who have won away at Anfield in the last three years and nine months? So one is obvious. Sam Allardyce and Sean Dyke. Correct. And unless I'm much mistaken, Jose Mourinho is just the European version of those two. He's the, pa- <laughs> he's the pastel del nata to the sausage roll of Allardyce or the, the bovril of Sean Dyche. You know, he's he's just the car fall to their Gregs. So we're we're matching up quite nicely here. Like sit deep, play the low block, away we go. Do you remember when it's... Allardyce said if he was called Aladici he'd be managing Real Madrid? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe based on Jose's performances at Real, he's got a point. Um <laughs> I don't know. I I I think the this Liverpool team don't like it when you sit deep. Uh, and don't kind of come out of your blocks. They don't quite have the craft to get after you. They're not in attacking form, so I'm setting us up nicely for a 3-0 loss. Uh, I mean, everything you just said, Jules, is uh, good sound analysis, particularly the part about the last two managers to win at Anfield, which seems categorically irrelevant, considering it's at White Hart Lane. But uh... (laughs) 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 But I do kind of agree I wouldn't be overly concerned because Liverpool have looked pretty dreadful for quite a while now funnily enough I thought against uh, United the other day as the best they've played in quite a few weeks even though they lost and they'll they'll obviously want to be getting proving a bit of a point if you like because they're six points off the top now so if they if they have title ambitions which obviously they do uh, they can't really afford to. Um, they can't really afford not to win. I mean, they can't afford not to win anyway because Spurs have a game in hand. So uh, anything but a Liverpool win allows Spurs to go above them. Do you think they'll be more motivated having gone out the cup? Because the, I, I think they're they're now really they've just got to focus on that that Premier League kind of sprint now. I suppose so. Uh, they. I, I, read something the other day about why they're having problems questioning it and it did raise the prospect that part of their problem isn't to do with the number of games or the uh, the physical side of it 
but actually just a motivational thing because they feed their style of football that intensity of gegenpress and feeds off a crowd and it because they've been at such a peak for so long they seem to be on a bit of a come down and there's not really anything to to get them going but Jose seems to has have this kind of ability to live rent free in people's heads and um he got to Wenger he got to Ferguson he's got to Pep over time and I think Klopp will probably want to be like no 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 sit down mate so um I'd expect them to be quite expansive and uh, I'd certainly expect Liverpool to, to come out of the blocks, particularly in the first half, uh, a million miles an hour. So I suppose if Spurs can contain that and uh, frustrate them a little bit, then there's every chance of getting something. Sounds like we need to make sure Jose doesn't do a Frank Lampard and tell him to sit down because he's only got one title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if we weather the storm, like Jim's saying... When they go through a first half, for instance, where they haven't scored or they're not winning, they get a bit jittery. They, they're not used to that. Uh, they need to learn that mentality of how to react to it because at the moment they don't seem to be doing that. So they well, start I to think, force it, don't they? Yeah, and I think part of their problem as well is there's, there's a surprising lack of depth in that squad, in my opinion. Yeah. They haven't really had an injury crisis before. They've been graced with uh, good fortune there. And then, you know, once you scrape just below the surface, you realise that they're a bit like a budget Everton, really. You look at the people who come on, Minamino, Shakiri. I know Jota's injured, but, I mean, Origi, I still get night terrors mentioning his name, but they don't really concern me in the same way that their front three does. They don't really have substitutions who can come on and change games. And I think that's probably why they, they can't push on win games like they have done in the past two seasons and that's probably gives us our best opportunity our twitter followers have uh, given us a, a couple of things to muse over just very quickly at the end uh one from a designated hotspur on twitter is it time for both lamella and lucas to be sold uh in a nutshell jules what you think wouldn't miss either of them but i have more against lamella than i do against lucas anything else from uh jim O'Ash? sell them <laughs> It's going to say my simple one-word answer was yes. <laughs> yeah, don't disagree with that. Uh, also one for Marv with a boneless uh, bail question mark. I think tonight, I know it's Wickham, but first time I've seen him doing what he can. Wasn't clinical, but that comes with games. I know we, we talked about it quite a bit earlier, but I think that's probably the fairest assessment, Jim. Yeah, it's bang on. Uh, if he can get a bit of game time, he's made a decent enough case for himself I think and if he can nail, nail down a consistent minutes over the next couple of weeks then maybe he will uh, he will start to show a bit more promise Well the Premier League flurry carries on neatly into the weekend uh, we've got Brighton again on Sunday they can be quite a lively team as we kind of said when we covered them for the home leg earlier in the season um, they're building confidence they're still trying to keep themselves their heads above water really do you think this could be a challenge for us, Ash, or do you think this is, again, something we could run away with? When was the last time we ran away with any game? <laughs> um, it's going to be a challenge. They're, they are a good team. Uh, every team in the Premier League, this team, apart from Sheffield United, are a good team, I think. They they like to move the ball well, and the, the real thing that they lack is that cutting edge up front. Though. So there'll be a challenge, but I think the way they play works perfectly with how we want to play so we should we should be pretty comfortable i'm nervous for brighton i think they've got a really nice style of play 
brilliant centre-halves. Ben White in particular, I'd love to see him at Spurs. Um, and Bissouma in centre-mid is one of the most underrated midfielders in the league. So I'm, and, and you say they've got a bad front line, but I get nightmares about Aaron Connolly still. <laughs> and I've seen... <laughs> And I've seen, you know, what what Mope can do against Arsenal, and we're, you know, closer to Arsenal than we are to than we are to City. I, I fear it's back to the old football anti-football thing, isn't it? They play really nice football, but it's not very effective versus a team that doesn't always play nice football, but is effective. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up. But I've got a feeling that this could be another Fulham Wolves Palace kind of game. I wouldn't disagree. Scores on the door then. Let's look at Liverpool first. Uh, who wants to go first? Jules said 3-0 earlier, and that was the score that came to my head. But I want to try and be a little bit more positive. This is a Tottenham podcast after all, so we'll lose 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Brighton, Ash? Are you gonna, is, your, is your weekend going to get better? I, uh, I, I just don't feel comfortable with us holding any sort of clean sheet at the moment so I think we'll scrape by a 2-1 again the reverse of the first leg I even though I joked earlier about uh, <laughs> what might happen I'm going to go for a really boring nil-nil on Thursday because I think neither manager wants to lose particularly Jürgen um, but then I think we're going to draw one all on Sunday to continue our horrible streak of, of one alls and we'll probably go in front first I really don't know about the Liverpool game but I'll say 2-1 Liverpool, just, and 1-0 uh, for Brighton. I'm going to buck the trend from all of you uh, miserable but realistic bastards. Um, <laughs> I think we could see a repeat of that famous Wembley win against Liverpool where we saw lots of possession. Sorry, the reverse. We saw very little possession, uh, but lots of goals, and goals win football matches. So I'm going to repeat that scoreline. 4-1 win for Spurs Wow, uh, with 28% possession. And then we'll go to Brighton, make hard work of it, win it in the last 10 minutes with a 2-1 win. Six points in a week. I'd, I'd love for that to be the case, Ben. Well, today is to dream. And on that cheery note, <laughs> let's call it a night. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.